you for joining the ladies of Her Portion Podcast. Come, pull up a seat at the table, because you are welcome here. Grab your Bible and a pen, and let's dig into God's Word together. Take a moment and pray that God would open your heart to Him as you listen. So without further ado, let's get right into today's portion. Hey y'all, this is Jackie today, and I have loved the topic this month on doing good, and especially to the household of faith. I think we as Christians should be willing to go out of our own way to help our brothers and sisters in Christ. I grew up in a preacher's home, and my children are fourth-generation preacher's kids. And I think it's such a blessing to be able to grow up in a pastor or missionary's home, or even in evangelism, just ministry altogether. But Although as a child, you definitely can feel that pressure of people's expectations placed on you. You'll hear the comments from others that you should know better, act better, dress better, respond better, just be better because you're a preacher's kid. I think making these kind of comments are not healthy expectations to put on your pastor's family. Children are going to make mistakes as they grow, just as a toddler stumbles and falls down over and over again until he learns how to walk, right? We should be the ones cheering on the preacher's kids as well as all the other kids growing up in church. We shouldn't expect a preacher's kid to be perfect and not fall as he grows. That's like thinking that the toddler, if he were in a preacher's home, he would just automatically assume how he should walk. One day he's crawling, the next day he's walking. Life just doesn't work that way, regardless of who you are. I think there may be some advantages, such as you have the opportunity to expose your children to serving others, living by faith, and seeing God do some great things. But I believe all Christian parents that we should all be living, as Paul tells us to, and that's as ambassadors. We should all be addicted to the ministry, 1 Corinthians 16 13 through 16 talks about, and then working the ministry of reconciliation, according to 2 Corinthians 5.18. And that's sharing with others the good news of the gospel, how Jesus came to reconcile us back to himself. Okay, so all that was just introduction, but today I want to talk about doing good by showing grace to others. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 24.16, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. So scripture is basically giving us a heads up that people are going to fall. They are going to mess up. This is the first thing we must understand. Why are we so shocked and continue to gossip about about people who mess up? It's sad. But one thing I've learned is that some people that call themselves spiritual and are in our churches will be glad when you mess up. They'll put a high expectation on you to not fall because you should be spiritual, but then they handle other people's failures without biblical grace. They talk about the situation to dozens of people before or if they even talk to you, period. My children and I were discussing life lessons like this at the table the other day when my daughter Diana said this, I don't ever want to judge people harshly Or listen to the gossip of others because you never know the whole story of that person. Diana's 12, and I could have cried at the wisdom in that statement that you see lacking from so many Christians. If you continue the verse in Proverbs, he continues the thought. 
For a just man falleth seven times, and riseth up again, but the wicked falleth into mischief. Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. If we aren't supposed to be glad when our enemy falls, how come so many Christians behave behave as if they're excited their brother or sister in Christ fell? A lot of times it's because of jealousy and envy. I've known people that pride themselves that they were the ones who knew all the latest gossip on everyone. When people delight in talking about the mistakes of others, it somehow lessens the hardships they feel in their own shortcomings. When my husband was a youth pastor and assistant pastor for 17 years, I had the joy of working with putting together special music groups. When someone had the opportunity to sing a solo, there would always be certain people that would have the this, this spirit that they hoped that that person would mess up. I had people switch around mics at the last minute to sabotage the special. Can you believe it? If someone had a moment of spotlight, maybe even not related to music, but just that they were good at X, Y, Z, and a Miss So-and-So heard it, she'd go behind telling all the bad things about the other lady who was having a spotlight moment. This should never be our attitude. Scripture tells us in Philippians 2, 3 through 5, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you. Okay, so this refers back to the other, the other verses that we just read. Let this mind be in you. What? Esteeming others, which was also in Christ Jesus. When we set a high value on esteeming others, we are literally surrendering to the same mind as Christ. We are putting on the mind of Christ. So not only should we be gracious when others fall, but let's look at Ephesians, which is literally the book of grace. I love the initial first words of Paul and how he starts most of the letters to the churches. Ephesians 1 and verse 2, he says, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the greatest gifts we have as Christians is the grace of the Lord Jesus. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? One thing that grace tells us in verse 6, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. This has become one of my favorite verses in the Bible. If you've ever felt lonely or if people have ever judged you harshly without knowing your story, this verse is one to cling to. I think we all have the desire to be accepted. But if you study out this word, it has such a richer meaning than our modern definition today. The thought that the Lord says that his grace has caused us to be accepted is just mind-blowing. This word accepted means to pursue with grace, compass with favor, to honor with blessings, and how humbling that our Savior literally runs to us to show us his grace. He wants to give us blessings and to show us favor. Why don't we show others this type of grace? Where we run to the aid of others, willing to pour out kindness to them. Why do we treat people as if they are worthy or if they're not worthy? None of us are worthy of the type of grace that Jesus has shown us. Why are so many women so insecure with themselves that they can't be a cheerleader of other women? Many times Christian women have a list of all the qualities someone should have 
and scrutinize their every move for seemingly years before they will cheer her on. That's a ridiculous way to live. That's the way the Pharisees live. We should give others grace, even when they have different opinions. John 3, 17 through 18 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Romans 8 also tells us that if you're saved, you're not condemned. How is it that brothers and sisters in Christ condemn each other? My husband says often that the majority of churches, they don't split over doctrine, but over petty differences in opinion. I love what Ephesians 2, 5 through 8 says. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace, ye are saved. Let's pause right there and talk about what an amazing Savior we have. He says, even when we were sinners, he decided to show us grace anyways. Verse 6 says, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Doesn't that sound amazing? So even when others make you feel that you are less than, not godly enough, or not worthy, because of the Lord's grace, he is a seat for us with him in heavenly places. Isn't that exciting? Now, the last thing, do you give yourself grace and your own shortcomings? I'm not talking about grace as in giving yourself permission to wallow in self-defeat or laziness. But let's go back to Proverbs 24 and verse 10. It says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. I always thought of the word faint to mean quit. He already told us that a just man's going to fall. But when you know the grace of Jesus, you realize his purpose for you is big and great and worth getting back up. Faint means to vanish, to wane, to decline or fail in strength and vigor, to be weak, to sink in dejection, to lose courage or spirit, to disappear, cowardly, depressed, not Thank you active. for joining us today on Yes, Her there Portion. are times we can feel all of we these emotions, with plenty to but we don't have to word. choose to let them define we us. Encourage you Jesus to has shown us to start your such own an unspeakable in the amount of grace. Until next time. Are we showing this same type of grace to others? Are we living in the truth of the grace that God has shown to us?